electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC, Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber is on assignment, although we will hear from him in a bit. S&P looks to open at or near a fresh 52-week low this morning after five weeks of declines. And on a week where macro is going to take the wheel, a lot of Fed speak and CPI on Wednesday. We will begin with the market volatility. Futures under pressure as yields continue to climb this morning, Jim. We got the 10-year near 3-2, settled back just a bit, maybe on that Bostic headline that he thinks 50 at a time is pretty good. Yeah, I just think that what we're up against is that even this morning we were down substantially at 4.30, 5.36, and then we rally a little bit. And, you know, that's just tricky. I mean, if the Dow was down 5.40, now it's down 3.90. I mean, you're not coming in at the low. And I think that we all kind of feel like, you know what, we have to take out levels. All, every single strategist this morning was negative. And uh, I, I tend to believe that what they're right, except for the S&P 500 is doing a lot better than the NASDAQ. And the NASDAQ is filled with companies that are under their cash position or are in danger of going through their cash position. So, not great. Uh, yeah, truest this morning, even though half of NAS components are off 50% from the 52-week high. NASDAQ, in a recession scenario, they argue, down 17 to 10K or so. Are, well, you, are you that Are you that? No, dark? I'm not. I mean, because, the, the look, this is in 2020. I mean, the companies that we're talking about are making fortunes, a lot of them, the big ones. It's just the bottom half of the Russell 1000. It's just horrible. Even look, the top of the Russell 1000, there's stocks that are down gigantically. But, you know, the larger companies have a lot of cash, and I'm not worried about them. Uh, it's the biotechs, which are 37% under cash. If that's the case, then when are they? They can't raise any money. No one can raise money. So Palantir is a good example. Dramatic slowing. Dramatic decline in their cash flow. And they have enough, but why is eight the right level? Yeah, Palantir is interesting. They they reiterated their call for continued revenue gain, but their operating margin is going to go from 30 a year on year to maybe 20 in the current quarter. Oh, no, that's just it's it's I don't want to call it a disaster because but you know, revenue grows 16 percent from government. That's the slowest. Uh, last year, they did. A, they, they did. They have adjusted free cash flow of only 30 million dollars. Uh, they're doing so poorly in terms of the of order growth. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, look, I don't want to dwell on that because that's kind of a, a stock you never really heard of if it weren't for Kathy Wood. I mean, if you go on like a teledoc, again, the competition is just horrible. But then we take a look at a company like Lockheed Martin. I saw Jim Takelet this weekend on uh, Face the Nation. Geez, you know, abundance of orders, really trying to fit, meet demand. That's, that's a classic S&P name. It's doing well. So for every 10 that are bad, there's probably two or three that are good. Right. Yeah. Um, in terms of weak demand, uh, B of A has been tracking the mentions of weak demand and earnings calls. Right. And like a lot of metrics, takes you back to Q2 of 2020. Yes. OK, we were talking a lot about that this morning uh, for the investment club. It is absolutely clear that people want to just repeal the whole game. Every bit of it. It's, at first, it was for stay in place, mid-draft king. But now those have far exceeded that peloton. Yep. But now it's just they want to go after the ones that were very good. 
and take them all, like the work days. Really great quarter. Uh, the, the, the larger ones. I mean, you know, by the way, Tyson Food came out this morning. Mm-hmm. Now, this one is the first one that's the actual break that we might have in that the double-digit gains are, this doesn't sound so good, but double-digit gains are slowing. So the price increases for beef weren't as much, uh, for chicken not as much, pork not as much. Against that, I don't see a lot of negative uh, CPI kinds of numbers that use cars down. So, I mean, you've got this, you want this race of, of prices to come down for some companies, but not their earnings to be crushed. It's just very hard. <laughs> It is hard. But at the same time, you got some companies that are adapting. This piece we have on Uber and this employee memo that uh, Dara Khosrowshahi wrote, basically looking at a seismic shift in investor demand. Uh, They're going to cut marketing spend, incentives. Hiring will become a privilege. Well, you know what? I was looking for the N5,000 people would be laid offline. They didn't give us that. The the memo Mark Zuckerberg put out last week was very interesting for uh, Meta, where they're basically not hiring the lower-end engineers. They're still looking for higher-end engineers. And I think the perception is, well, they're doing poorly. I think it's the opposite. There's a lot of higher-engineer talent could be laid off. I mean, that's right now it's going to be a white-collar recession. There's too many engineers hired by too many companies that are software as a service for medical insurance. These people are all going to be looking for jobs. It's really incredible how much money's been lost. Uh, in, in assets, you mean, in, in equities? For, well, they've been, the stocks have been correct. Like you take the top 10 losses in Russell 1000. They're all companies that I think are, you would call uh, uninvestable because you don't know what the cash position is going to be. Right. So where does that leave you on some of these levels of support? You mentioned, you know, we, we talked a bit about 4K last week. Um, 20% would be 38.50 on the S&P. Well, I like that. You do? That's what I like. And I go through the S&P, and I see so many companies that I actually like. I mean, you'll have an Emerson reported a really good quarter last week, and, you know, nobody really cared. But that's a mistake. You have a lot of companies that had, DuPont had a fantastic quarter. Nobody really cared. You have a lot of companies that do business in Russia. And they just had to cut out the, the you know, you take a 1% or 2%, but it might be $238 million. And we're acting as if that's, well, geez, how did that happen? No. A lot of companies pulled out. And those have to be ratcheted down in terms of your valuation because they just gave it up. Right. So, so you're, you're on board with the 20% decline on S&P. I mean, there's, there's other levels. You go to some retracements of the rally, 50% of the retracement would be 35, 15. Um, and I don't, I don't want to give you the other. No, <laughs> I don't think it will be that bad. I, I, look, I'm just trying to bifurcate the market into companies that seriously need money. Uh, or will need money in the next year, and companies who's, that have become accidental high yielders because their stock prices come down so much. I mean, look, I, I worked on Caterpillar and Deer this weekend. Those are very interesting, very interesting companies. Uh, but you think about the nature of that, right? I mean, versus, uh, like, I don't, I don't know where plug power should be. I mean, I had them on, tell a good story, but it, there's, no, there's no there in yeah. terms of look at the Look at the Rivian. Rivian. We're going to talk to David, I think, later yeah. about uh, about Ford and this this block sale. I mean, uh, I don't want to sound. Look, I, I obviously sound too down about it. I don't mean to do that. I just think there's a lot of stocks that um, where that people have lost a great deal of money in, and I don't know where those people went. And I don't know whether, as Becky said, they're hedge fund redemptions or are they just the Robinhood types who've just been blown out. But it doesn't seem like anybody. Where was all that fresh cash? 
Yeah, uh, there's actually a Morgan Stanley piece on the wires this morning about those who got in um, on the Robin Hood boom. All of those gains have essentially now been completely yeah, wiped out. Yeah, everybody. The, the Robin Hood quarter was very interesting because when I went back and forth with them, they're still saying, listen, only a small number of people were trading options. It looked like that 50% of what it was on. It doesn't matter. Everything turned out to be an option that they were buying. Right. Uh, the common stock options. And I'm just seeing a lot of companies that are doing well that are going down, and a lot of companies that are doing poorly that are going down. So that's the opportunity to find the ones that go down. And anything will. Uh, because think about it. Saudi Arabia put through a price cut to, east, to the east. Uh, we're still sending a million barrels out for the SPR, and they can't keep the darn thing down. And I think that's rather amazing. So, I mean, th- by the way, the refinery margins are the highest they've ever been. That's going to get congressional attention. Yep. Uh, the, yep. There's a piece on that this morning as well. Incredible numbers. A record refining margins well, across diesel. the space. Everyone's out of diesel. And, and we talked about diesel last week. That said, uh, there is still the expectation that CPI for April is going to come in at two tenths. Will yeah. be the lightest since January of last <laughs> year. And then Kashkari this morning on Squawk Good. did say that he does expect us to get back to target. Take a listen. I'm confident we are going to get inflation back down to our 2% target, but I am not yet confident on how much of that burden we're going to have to carry versus getting help from the supply side. Well, look, copper is back to its law of year, uh, aluminum. But the problem is they're still up substantially from, from say, two years ago. And uh, cobalt steel went up. That's the for autos. And then went all the way down and then bounced a little. We're just not getting – I di- disagree with Mr. Kashkar. I think that we – that everything slowed from a level of expansion, but it's not come down to where it's back to 2020. And like I was out with Olin last week. Oh my God, they're making so much money. Who is this? Olin. Ah. Dow is making so much money. Now, I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but those have to turn negative. They're not. Right. And we, as we talked about last week, maybe you throw Bitcoin in there as well. Uh, down 20% in a few days, Jim. Uh, 32.5 is. Half of the record high now? Yeah, you're still up more, doing better than the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ's really horrible. Uh, but then you come in and you say, all right, which one is it going to be today? Russia, Ukraine? Is it going to be supply chain? Is it going to be Chinese lockdown? I mean, there's a piece today about how Starbucks might stabilize uh, because Howard Schultz is in. I say, like, no, you see, they have to have zero COVID before it can stabilize. There's a lot of hope still. Uh, yeah. The export data out of China, two-year low. Oh, my. Uh, as the virus hits the factories there. The Putin's Victory Day speech, uh, today's, of course, May 9th. A lot of allusions to World War II-style yes, fighting. Were. So the sentiment around Ukraine not and, helping at all. And uh, perhaps a, a mass call-up. Right now it was just a specialized operation. They haven't called it a war. Uh, at the same time, there's Jim Takla talking this weekend about if we get more javelins in. Uh, I had... Uh, Air environment on. They've got the Switchblade 600, maybe not as accurate. Uh, you look. This could be. This war's not going away. I was hoping you might use it as saying, "Okay, listen, we're very happy. We've taken this. We have this corridor to Crimea. That's what we really always wanted." No, he didn't give us that. Right. But he also didn't get a victory, and I think he felt that he would have by now. And now we got reports of this draft document that the EU is working that would essentially ban Russian energy, even though Hungary and Slovakia might not like it? It would be a depression for Germany. They can't have, if natural gas goes down, there are tremendous chemical company industry, which is huge. It's just going to lose everything to U.S. companies. Right. I don't know. Uh, Look, against that, I think stocks are cascading. Uh, You can pick some that are good. They're just all going down with the index. 
But it is tech is the best, semis. Like, you know that their numbers are going to be extraordinary, and yet no one cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I think FactSet this morning said the only argument for the Bulls today is oversold. Yes. And we're not even as oversold as yes. we're Thursday. We have to be oscillator. But I do want to say, look, I don't think it's wrong to pick at something. I just don't because every company isn't doing badly. Look, and I've got to tell you, if the oils come down, it just doesn't matter. You can buy a natural gas company. You can buy any of those. You can buy Slumberjane. Yeah. We'll watch it. Uh, we'll yeah. watch Energy, of course, one of the big uh, cross-currents of the week. When we come back, we'll talk more Rivian uh, down sharply this morning, uh, almost 18% as we got news of Ford selling 8 million of its shares in the EV maker. Yeah. David broke the story and will join us to talk more about it. Uh, if you're looking for um, levels, 4061 would be a fresh 52-week low, something we got to last May, and we do look to violate once again. Squawk on the streets back in a moment. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. As we said earlier, Rivian's down sharply in the pre-market. Sources telling our David Faber that Ford is selling 8 million of its 102 million share stake in the EV maker as the insider lockup period for selling expires. David joins us on the phone. Broke this news over the weekend. David, not helping the mood around EVs today. No, you know, uh, it was an odd thing, uh, Carl. Uh, a Saturday offering. Can't say that I recall that very often, and I'm sure Jim also can agree that uh, that's not something you typically see. But also, the lockup expired yesterday. Uh, <clears throat> you know, six months after the IPO, what was that IPO price? Just for uh, for reference, seventy-eight bucks, right on the 9th of November. Mm-hmm. So um, you had it expire, and Ford was ready to go with eight million. Now that's only eight of 102 million shares, but the the fact that they were so willing to sort of hit the hit a bid uh, immediately on a Saturday was kind of odd. Uh, it's done, by the way. Uh, those shares are being distributed, so they have sold eight million, twenty-six dollars and ninety cents a share. Yeah, they yeah, were giving yeah. out eight, between eight and ten. You got your <laughs> allocation. Yeah. So you're unhappy this well, morning, Jim, with the stock trading below twenty-four as you're getting allocated. Now the other, there was J.P. Morgan also uh, selling between 13 and 15 million. I am told they also got that done. I don't know who the seller was. I still haven't confirmed that, Jim. I don't know if you've heard. You know, there are any number of large firms. 
Yeah, any number of large firms that obviously, uh, you know, the, we know a lot of the hedge funds that D1, for example, that have so many privates, don't have any idea about who the seller there was. But again, that Saturday offering, Jim, was awfully strange. I don't know if you ever saw that before in your career. No, I've never seen that. I would tell you that Ford <laughs> will be using the, money, using the money for lithium, for nickel deals, and for battery JVs, which I think is, uh, you know, not desperate, obviously, but they did make, what, 150% on it. But, you know, there was a hope, David, that could have been billions here, and, and maybe that can still happen. But when you look at this group, they're just pathetic. They're pathetic. Do you have any sense as to Ford's future plans? I mean, they hit $8 million in the very first minute they can on a Saturday. Are they going to continue to sell more of that, of the what's left of that? No, no I mean, over, if anything, that was a cutback. Soon? That was a cutback of what they were going to sell. I mean, I, I think that they initially had higher hopes. Uh, they're being, Ford is a big cash word, uh, but they never really counted it as being something that they could use. But I do think that in the end, David, they have, they have a lot of factory building to do. And uh, yeah, I, I just don't know. You need you need a lot more cash coming in. Yeah, and as for Rivian, you guys know they've been hit by supply chain issues. Obviously, not being able to get hold of the things they thought they would brought their delivery targets down from certainly what had been anticipated when the company went public. It was one of the high flyers at one point over a hundred billion dollar market value. Far, far, far below that now. But, Jim, there was an argument to be made that, well, maybe Ford is keeping $94 million. Maybe that's a good sign. Market yes, doesn't that's seem what to be saying that way this morning. Exactly. Now, when I met with the Amazon uh, sustainability people, that Rivian's going to produce 100,000 trucks, and they were going to buy all 100,000. Obviously, because of the supply chain, that didn't happen. But, David, there's a lot of pie in this guy. I don't know if you see the Lucid numbers. Lucid saying there's huge reservations, but the number of deliveries not so great. And I think that in the case of Ford, they just wanted to get a little cash in just to be able to kind of make people more interested maybe in, in, in Rivian itself. That it got shipped to somebody. Well, yeah. Well, as you point out, Ford's still up nicely. Uh, just oh, nowhere yeah. near the numbers, the numbers that conceivably, if, you know, if the stock had stayed there for six months from its early days, they would have been able to, uh, to see in terms of... Uh, uh, a, a return, which you obviously urged them to do as soon as they possibly could. Oh, but, but you know, and they were locked in. in yeah, when it went to 120, I know they were itching to do it. David, how about this one? Uh, the, the market cap of the S&P is, is now down at uh, uh, a loss of $5.7 trillion since the market high. How do we sustain that? I don't know, Jim. I don't know. I, you know, the, us talking about Rivian in particular, we've ta- I talked a lot about the private investments, these hybrid funds, these enormous hedge funds, Tiger, Coke 2, D1. Uh, I do wonder on the private side as well with these kinds of marks now, things that have gone public, but also things in their private portfolio. What, given they're down 40, 50 percent, some of these firms on their publics, it's a mess out there, Jim. I'm um, not sure what it portends for the future, but, you know, on, on that front, it's not, not particularly good. No, look, I agree. I still come back to, though, David, if a company that makes things does stuff with a good yield, uh, returns the capital, the shareholders is reasonably valued, it's fine. It's just that that universe just keeps shrinking, which is what's really bothering me. On top of that, you've got the the Lordstown 10Q out uh, today, Jim. Just the cost of their components, not the manufacturing. The cost of their components is running above their anticipated selling price for the endurance. Well, that's horrible. Well, Rockwell Automation makes a lot of these uh, 
a lot of the insides. And they had a terrible quarter. Uh, they, but they, a lot of it was because they couldn't get the, the parts. It, it's not, look, it, it, it's the only ones that people are buying are, say, a Clorox, where uh, Linda Reynolds came on the show and said, listen, I'm putting through a July price increase. Suddenly the stock went up. Uh, if, if Jay Powell realizes the only good earnings are from companies that put through price increases, we're not done. And that's why I thought the Kashkari should just, just take the, stop predicting what they're going to do and be more data dependent. And I know that a lot of people are trying to buy, you know, anticipate a bounce in CPI. But, uh, Carl, I, 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 the, the amount of money lost in Lordstown alone, the amount of money people have lost is just so tough. It is. It is. A lot of the charts we've talked about, the, the down 90% is no longer uncommon. Um, no. Our and thanks a lot to, of Kathy Woodnick. Yep. Yeah. Our thanks to David, uh, David Faber with that news that he broke over the weekend regarding Rivian, which we'll watch today when we get the opening bell in just over eight minutes. Don't go away. We'll get Kramer's Matt Dash as well. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Take a look at futures here. After uh, four straight weeks of equity outflows, longest since the pandemic, and five straight weekly losses, we're going to start again with some losses. But Mondays, Jim, have typically been the worst day of yes, the week. Yes, it has, and that co- could cause a short-term bottom. Uh, I'm not denying that. Yep. It could be a short-term bottom. As, uh, as CPI is going to be the big tent pole of the week on Wednesday. Opening bell in uh, five and a half minutes. Let's get Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Yeah, I found one that I wanted to buy. It's got a lot of risk, but a big reward. It's called Risk Strike. It's like, it's like hunting for truffles. <laughs> one of the greatest horses I've ever seen. All right, so now we've got the, I mentioned the crack spread. Rusty Brazil's done some work on it. This crack spread, not in memory have we seen this. But uh, before we think that Valero, which is what I'd be recommending, is completely devoid of any reason to be able to do it, or Marathon P, what's happened is, is that there's a tremendous pull from diesel from Europe. And by the way, worldwide market, but this jet fuel, they've had to just pause and make a lot of jet fuel because there's more travel. So once again, you just kind of like, Jay Powell's like, oh God, I wish they would stop traveling already. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, that may start happening. Right. If the if the monetary losses that if the balance sheet issues at the household level, I, I think it will. But right now, uh, we're they need to push it over a little. It's just I mean, you know the two years up. So I, I, by the way, if you wanted to get a mortgage, don't those mortgage rates? They're no longer just given to everybody. That's a big change because a lot of people worried about about credit risk because the the amount of debt has doubled in the last couple of versus what we thought. 
Well, that brings us to spreads, which we haven't really touched on today. Uh, but uh, high yield, biggest weekly loss in almost two years uh. last week on triple C's. Um, yields near 21-month highs. I mean, we're going to start talking about fallen angels at some point, I yes, imagine. Yes, we are. Uh, I'm still watching Carvana. I mean, I've talked to some people with credit card debt. It's up to 20%. Uh, I think these buy now, pay later people are about buy now, pay never because they, after 120 days, it goes to the collection agent. I was once in that situation with the collection agents. There's no, they don't make a lot of money back. So let's be very careful to stick with companies that were not, did not come public in the last 18 months, unless there's only one, EE, which is a company called Accelerate Energy that makes uh, the facilities be able to have floating natural gas. That's the only IPO that I could find that I want to own. the last year and a half. Otherwise, if you came public in the last year and a half. Thank you. I know. That was the wrecked weekend, the lost weekend. Boy, if you were in the land, that was me. There's the opening bell, guys, and the... uh, S&P 500 heat map, obviously dramatically weak breadth at the big board today. The Brazilian American Chamber of Commerce at the NASDAQ SPAC 2 Acquisition Corp celebrating its recent IPO. Wow, just three, maybe three to five components green here at the open, Jim, as 4063 would literally be about a 52-week low, maybe by a point. Well, I mean, we're littered with things that people are trying to uh, to make a case for. I saw a case for WeWork today. And I, I got to tell you, there was more of a case made in the series. You know, we crashed. The, the company's looking a little better than WeWork. Right. I mean, the debt is just trading at 13%. Um, only, Phil LeBeau, thank you, only Tesla's cash flow positive. Many of these startups will need a lot more capital. Lordstown uh, down here needs to raise capital. Where are they going to get that capital? Well, that's why we've used Carvana as a cautionary tale, Jim. Oh, man. As Jonas of Morgan Stanley wrote last week, you need to raise the money when you don't absolutely need but it. they did get multiple billions in. They saved their, their situation. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that they can't. Uh, when I was looking at used car prices, they're down substantially from January, but they're still up a lot from last year. But the decline is substantial from yeah, January. Yeah, uh, the Mannheim used car index is down 6-4 from January. Right. That's the biggest 90-day drop in the history of in the, the index. History of the index. Um, and it's, I mean, it's going to feed some well, disinflation, that, That's right? the CPI. Right. It's overweighted in CPI. And we know, by the way, again, Tyson, all, all the foodstuffs are down except for prepared. Uh, but we don't have any chemical deflation. That's not so good. Oh, I have an American Electric Power on tonight. They're building plants. People are starting to respond to these higher prices. Uh, Ford does have the, a lot of chips to be able to make 150s. Mary Barr says that GM's got a lot of chips to be able to make their new line, including the Cadillac. So there's, if, you, if demand could switch a little bit from travel more to some goods, maybe we do well. But, but we were just, we've been working in the last year to, uh, to go the other direction. Well, goods have fallen so fast that you know you have these companies that make anything for the home uh and they're they're just hung because they paid a lot for the raw costs and now they're selling things at big inventory gluts i mean look the worst one by the way of inventory gluts was actually under armor switched completely in terms of your closet but everything that's clothing anytime you rented anything like clothing wise no there, there really is just a tremendous downturn here but we have to recognize that everything is going down I mean, Nike isn't doing as badly as Under Armour, but Nike needs the Chinese market to open up. And right. I think he's doubled down on zero COVID. President Xi, he's right. doubled down. Yeah. Uh, every Dow component red. Uh, if all of this is true, Jim, and we're witnessing a dramatic uh, deceleration or, or shrinkage in growth in the economy, why is 
Why is Chevron the worst performing component? Well, there is, uh, I think people are, are saying that it was really natural gas was up. That's not really their bailiwick. And maybe they're thinking that there, there could be the Saudis giving, giving away more. I, look, I think Chevron's a buy. Because they can buy about 25% of the stock and they got a good yield. That's the kind of thing I would actually focus so on. you're not going to be fooled by weakness in energy? No. No. Um, it, it, interestingly enough, they're pumping less this year than they were last year, these guys. In, in many cases, pumping less. Or, and refining, by the way, a lot has come down in terms of their capacity. So that's why they, don't want to, they can't pump as much because the refining capacity is not up there. So, well... I mean, one way to think about it is that this would ratify not just the oil curve, but the way in which producers have responded to this whole period. Like, we don't trust this demand picture to last forever. Well, Rick Moncrief came on my investing club conference call. He's with Devin, who started this, and it's a really good company. WPX from Devin. And I asked him, I said, Can't you, don't you have to turn on the spigot? He goes, how do I know it won't be down 10 15 $20 by the time my stuff is done? It takes 18 months. So the answer is, yeah. I mean, they're all kind of saying, I don't, I don't want to risk it because by this time it could be down. It's just that I don't see the down. I mean, if, if, if China comes back, everything hinges on China. Everything. Yeah. There is, a, there is a report. Reuters takes a crack at how long the Chinese lockdown um, may last. I mean, to the degree they have sources who know what they're talking about. They're talking late May at the earliest. Late May. That's out of Reuters this morning. I mean, look, all they have to do is use their BioNTech, and they could end it in just a very few... Which which crushed it. Yeah. Right? Just Uh, crushed it. Crushed it on the top of the bottom line. Uh, They do reiterate their guide for the year on vaccine sales. I know. Now, look, I I got my fourth booster, waited in line with everybody else to get it. And there's no doubt about it that the Chinese have inferior... Uh, inferior uh, vaccines, which make it so that you get very sick. I mean, we have people that we know personally who did not know they had Omicron. They just tested because they had a scratchy throat. These people went back to work in four days. In China, I don't know. I mean, it it is it's very frightening because the numbers out of China this morning were so horrible. Uh, The export 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 numbers. numbers were just you know, you're sitting there thinking, well, where, where are our guys going to go? I had Semper Energy on last week. Oh, my God, they're doing They're killing it. OK, they're just killing it. They have this natural gas pipe that goes to Mexico. Of course, Mexico used to export a lot of natural gas. But they're talking about if people don't reshore to Mexico, this is going to go on for a very long time. And yet no one really is reshored, which is incredible. Right. Great workforce, uh, kind of eager to put people to work. And I hate to say this, but not a lot of pollution control. Right. Versus Europe, versus maybe China, certainly. Interesting. Jim, uh, one question that's been asked is why isn't the VIX dramatically higher? It's up a little bit, but only to 33 today. So I worked on that, and if VIX doesn't take out 35, then there'll be people who, in that world, say, we're done. That's it. What you see today is the bottom. And I'm not against that because the VIX is really, VIX should be taking out 35. So be looking for things. Be looking for things to buy. I mean it. You don't, you're, you're no, sceptical. No, I mean, I, I, what I hear you saying is if we don't crack 35, then we're close. Yes. We're getting close. Look, I really want to just cheat, go buy some oils. But I, I think that, that the accidental high yield component is so good here that you really could come up with some great ideas. Sempra is great. Right. Uh, I have American Electric Power on tonight. I mean, yield three, it's down um, a quick six. You know, you're not going to get anything that's, well, I, mean, I don't know. I could argue that you can have some semis that are down enough. But I, I just think when you look at some of these retailers, 
I look at a Home Depot on a Lowe's and I say to myself, is there no garden season at all? Well, that's the other interesting thing is we're going to start to move into retail earnings season. And I mean, barring horrible qualitative commentary. You're going to have a lot of companies where you're going to be worried about the, the dividend. Uh, and then we have other companies that are still selling too high, even after these tremendous declines. Like, I really like Home Depot. But then you look at it, say, 21 times, you know, Home Depot is really fascinating to me because they had bad weather this weekend. Well, you know, this was planning weekend. So they're at 18 times now. But there's two weekends left in planning season. And if you get this kind of weather around the country, it's going to be a terrible planning season That's for sure. gardeners. Uh, fortunately, it's going to get better around here in the Northeast, at least so. this week. Uh, there's not a lot of research today, but uh, B of A um, removes Disney, Jim, from the U.S. one list. Uh, they add Coke and Kraft. We're going right against that for, for the Chapel Trust. Buying Disney right here. I know, that, I know you're buying ahead of earnings, but we forgot they make movies and people go to them. $400 million worth. Doctor Strange 2 cracked the top 10 all time. I, look, I think that people are missing the fact that it's not its not a two-legged stool. It's not just, you know, it's its its, it's not just the, the, the theme parks and ESPN. It has this movie division, and they're going to start coming out. Now, I, do I sound like a Desperado? How about Desperado was a 155, not here? <laughs> you know, JPEG is not, you know, JPEG did, wasn't born yesterday. They did pay a lot of money for Fox, and that wasn't. Chapek, right, right. seventy-one billion. Right. I want to see if there's a write-down this quarter. But you're you're a buyer here. Absolutely, just at, bought some for the trust at, of Disney at Tech. Yes, right here, just kind of right, kind of right here. That's interesting, you know? Jim, because the of the uh, of the five or so NDX components that are green, Netflix and Comcast are among them. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, at this moment. Well, I mean, Netflix is now valued at a multiple per subscriber that's so low, but because we have such tough antitrust, oh, that's a great chart. It looks like Everest. Holy cow. But that is, you know, the North Face does is okay on Everest. Right. Don't do the He's, other one. Don't do the other one. As long as it's not K2 where nobody gets out alive. Uh, look, I think that you want to buy oils. Uh, I think you want to buy companies that yield four that used to yield three. Uh, you want to buy some industrials that were, were marked down just because of Russia, which is one time only. Uh, and I think that you can buy any chemical company because everybody's in short supply. Right. And particularly if, by the way, if, if the Russians cut off natural gas. Well, that's what I was going to say. You, you buy BASF even with no, the risks no, you to energy. You're not European, you wouldn't. No, I, you know, that was uh, my old uh, Karen Kramer's family is from uh, Lubushaven, BASF. No, no. There's one town that's a company town. You don't want no. Right. But I, I do like DuPont. I was going to say, I know you like DuPont. Ed Breen's doing a good job. Yep. yep. Um, of the oh, other geez. calls today, Jim, one was Virgin Galactic on more delays in space the, travel. The, you know, I don't think people realize how pathetic. That's one of the top ten losers. They put the things back to January, but they put out now, it's now reservations per. Is their new metric. Per. Per stock price or something. You know, I mean, everyone's trying to use a new metric because they use, like, earnings per share. Right. I was, Doesn't um, work. That was uh, almost the classic example of the, the boom you talked about, Jim. I know. Like, did you see the DraftKings piece from Moffitt Nathanson? You know, they're saying, look, they could win, but it's going to take a long time, and they have to lose a lot of money in the interim. The interview you guys had with Jason Robbins, Jason's very chastised. I mean, he's not saying things are good, 
But I, I do feel like that stock had a better than expected number and it went from 16 to 12 on better than expected because it's better than expected loss. Right. Needing better than expected gain. Yeah, we had him on, uh, was it Friday? I thought he was terrific, yep. but all he's admitting is that what has to happen, which is that California has to get passed, that other guys have to give up. I mean, I don't want to build my business around hoping that other guys give up. Um, Jim, Twitter, uh, which obviously, given the broader tape, has outperformed recently. But the Journal's got some uh, details and the Times on this investor presentation where Elon sees quintupling revenue yeah. by 28, going to almost a billion users, in his I, view. I am so bullish on the private Twitter because I think they can get away. Or, I mean, Twitter, what they do, you know, they have this algo, which makes it so the more vicious you are, it goes to the highest. So when I did it, threw in a Jimmy Chill, because I wish the mothers of Ukraine, and I was attacked immediately by everybody. I said, this is, this is engagement that I think that he's willing to accept. But what he really wants is that if you make money off them, they get a cut, and a decent cut. And I also think that if you build your business on them, you're going to have to give them some of the big. And, but they have to take a real hit right at the beginning. And they can do it when they're private. Right. Uh, we will see. Uh, there's also a piece in the, in the journal about uh, Tesla's ties to China and therefore Musk's ties to China. And whether that opens up the deal to a CFIUS review, given some of the investors out of uh, Qatar and, uh, and others last well, week. Well, it does seem like that no one else has really got their lines open double. Uh, there are some companies that, uh, like, I have Crocs on later this week, and they've got some, you know, some issues, but they're, they're very confident that all oh, they make a lot of stuff from China. Hey, dudes from China. I, look, that's a thin reason. I, I just think that before we really uh, do CFIUS, we should be happy that someone's doing well. By the way, does it, what does it say that we are refusing for the moment to dip below the lows of the year? Look, I, I'm looking at certain stocks. Okay, let's take NVIDIA. NVIDIA, which has been front and center of the blast zone. I mean, this is a stock that was at 346 is 180. They had this uh, settlement with the SEC over some things involving uh, 2018, where they handled uh, cards for Ethereum. I, I thought it was very unfair, frankly, just so you know, because they didn't know themselves what the channel was. Well, why isn't that stock down more? Because that's been the bellwether. So let's, if you if David were here right now and he asked me to key the market, I would say watch Nvidia, which at one point was down at five o'clock was down seven points. Watch that one. Yeah, uh, Nvidia. Uh, um, a lot of the Lamb Research, one of the worst uh, components. You know, the orders for Lamb Research are extraordinary. Plus, did you see the flyovers? Eighteen flyovers by China. They had to scramble the jets in Taiwan for Taiwan Semi. Uh, every single one of the uh, the big fabs needs more from Lamb Research. So, I mean, at the same time, Lamb did not raise numbers. Supply chain problems. Uh, that's what Yellen meant when she said we need a little good luck, right? As Kashkari said, it's like whack-a-mole with these luck. supply chain problems. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why I suggested. That's why I suggested that risk strike, that 81 shot. Risk strike. Was very yeah, good. good for them. Very good luck. See, if they can have that. If that, if that horse can win, then, then NVIDIA can be up today. <laughs> There's hope for everyone. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I have Papa John's on tonight. And Papa John's is, is doing a good job relative to Domino's. But that's the bull case relative to a company that's not doing well. we got to come up with something positive to say right now. Yeah. Well, Let me just say something. Um, um, tish. The, although the breath is uh, severely negative, we do have uh, a few more components in the green than we did at the open. Uh, almost almost eight or so on the NDX. And the Dow's down 380. Let's get to Bob Asani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, guys. Happy Monday. I wish I could say 
optimistic things. I'm a glass half full guy like Jim. And uh, unfortunately, the fundamentals aren't improving and the technicals aren't really improving that much. So that's a problem. Uh, we're right near the 52 week low. 4061 was the old May low. We're sitting right on it. That's the closing low. And technicians tend to use closing lows, not intraday lows. So we'll keep an eye on that. Take a look at the sectors. Uh, oil down a bit today. So energy. But energy was at a new high on Friday. So there's one of the few bright spots. Metals and mining. This has been a problem for a while. That's 20 percent off its high. That's another one of the big two that I watched. That's a China slowdown concerns there. Tech's moving about in line with the uh, with the S&P. NVIDIA is notably weak today. Staples and utilities, defensive sectors doing a little bit better. But as you can see, uh, still on the downside here. Downside leaders, uh, you take a look and you can see the energy stocks down. But again, big moves up for them recently. NVIDIA uh, is down, oh, geez, must be 11-month low. Not quite a 52-week low, but NVIDIA has got to be close. Uh, Mosaic's been down uh, 20%. Freeport McMoran is 25% off of its recent highs. So these metal stocks that were leadership groups just uh, a month and a half ago uh, no longer are. Is anything getting better on the fundamental front? I wish I could say they were, but I don't really see that. Number one, the, the hope for inflation peaking. I know everybody's saying that. We saw this on Friday. Used car prices down a little bit. We had some reports on that. People are hanging their hat on that and hopes that the CPI is going to top, but it's still going to be probably close to 8%. I think we're months away from declaring some kind of like imminent uh, downtrend. And Powell already said we want clear signs of an imminent downtrend, and that's not going to happen in the next couple of weeks. No on Russia, Ukraine getting better. No, no on the China COVID lockdown. The fundamentals aren't strong here. So people are looking at the technicals and here you still don't see a lot of improvement. If you look at the S&P 500, we're close to 10 percent below the 200 day moving average. That's a pretty big number here. Most of the last two years, we've been 10 percent above the 200 day moving average. And uh, my friend uh, Sam Stovall, our CFRA uh, expert that he is on this, notes this morning, only 35 percent of the S&P is above the 200 day moving average. It was flipped around for the last couple of years. It was 60 or 70 percent above the 200-day moving average. Now it's only 35 percent. 27 percent of the S&P sectors are below the 200-day moving average. It's subsectors, which really kind of slices and dice things. You see, basically, only one-third of the S&P and the sectors are above their 200-day moving average, and that's a real reversal. So the technicals are not really improving that much. If you look at the other stuff, is anybody doing risk-on? I watch risk-on, I watch this. IVW, this is the S&P growth sector. This is a new 52-week low. There's no signs of a lot of buying. There's no signs of uh, improved uh, uh, people coming in and buying this in adding to the shares outstanding. That would be called inflows. We're not seeing that. Another risk on one that I like to look at is the IPO one. This is uh, basically a good sign for risk appetite. Another 52-week low here. Again, no signs of people adding to uh, positions here or adding to the shares that are outstanding. This tends to trade very much in line with Kathy Wood's ARC uh, ETF as well. So both of these, no particular sign. So on the fundamentals, not really. On the technicals, not really. On the risk on, risk off kind of stuff you want to look at, not really. I wish I could be more optimistic. I see two things here. Number one, I see tremendous churning around the triple Qs. That's the NASDAQ 100. Carl, you're seeing people going in. I noticed this last week. Three times uh, leveraged uh, triple Qs. You get, you know, if you're up one percent, you get three percent. Uh, three times inverse here. Put those uh, inverse and leverage ETFs up because there's tremendous volume going on around these particular sets that we're seeing here. There you go. Those first two you want to look at very carefully. The other thing I see is a lot of actor interest in managed 
uh, attempting to manage flows and manage momentum funds. One of the big ones that are out there uh, is the Cambria Global Momentum ETF. This is a basket of 17 ETFs, all momentum oriented. You own a bunch of ETFs, own a lot of commodity funds. We're going to have Meb Faber, the CEO of Cambria Funds, on, Carl, at 1 o'clock Eastern time on ETF Edge to talk about that. But that's how difficult it is right now. People are turning to any kind of thing, momentum, trend-following techniques, because the fundamentals aren't working and the technicals aren't working very well either. Carl, back to you. Bob, thanks. What's interesting, Bob's report was excellent. Everything's bad, and I've been saying everything's bad. What happens if there's something goes right? Think about your CPI number. If something goes right, everyone's leaning in the wrong direction. Uh, Now, you do make so much money on the two-year but if, if it, it can't just be a litany of everything going wrong. Something can go right. It's a very weak uh, earnings week. Yep. But I do think that when I listen to everything being bad, I think you have to find something. Because it, if one thing goes well, and you know that litany, supply chain, Chinese lockdown, Russia, Ukraine, I mean, it can, CPI, Federal Reserve, they're not all going to go negative. I don't. Look. I am not saying I can pick which one. I am saying that when you have it down this much, Bob, not saying. Right. Uh, well, watch it. By the way, a reminder, you can get uh, a lot of Jim's insights like that one by joining the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up more. Find out more at CNBC.com slash join the club or use the QR code. As for bonds, we did get close to 320 on the uh, 10-year this morning, backing off to 311 right now. Uh, still, though, fewer than 50 points above S&P 4K, where it has not closed below since March 31st of last year. Well, it's not much, but we have expanded a little bit the number of NASDAQ 100 components that are green. Uh, There's some media in there, as we said, Comcast, Netflix, Charter, uh, some Moderna, some Micron, uh, Gilead, and Packard. We'll watch to see how much uh, that can grow as the Dow is now down 325. We're back in a moment. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? Two out of three would be a very positive American Electric Power. Really great story. XPO logistics, I think, would be very good. And then Papa John's, I actually liked it, but again, relative to Domino's. Don't give up. Don't <laughs> give up. And then we could get another wave of selling that comes right before when Europe closes at 10 of 11. Do some buying. Just buy stuff that's accidental high yield that, that are just doing well. And don't speculate. Not our first rodeo, as we sometimes no, say, Jim. No, it's not. Yep. But it could be a little 2011 like that's yeah. what you have to do. Uh, We'll see you at 6. Mad Money with Jim Cramer at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.